0: itself cannot stand. For most of us, these words conjure Abraham Lincoln, and for good reason. Lincoln used Mark's analogy of a house divided against itself in one of his most famous speeches. In this particular rhetorical masterpiece, he was speaking before the Civil War, before he was ever president. And in fact, it came during an election that Lincoln lost. It was the campaign for senator of Illinois. The year was 1858. Two years before Lincoln's election as president and the start of the war. Although Illinois was a free state, the election was driven by the national tension regarding slavery. On this topic, Lincoln challenged the incumbent Stephen Douglas, who supported slavery by not opposing it. This resulted in the famous Lincoln Douglas debates. But before those debates, Lincoln gave the following speech while accepting his party's nomination. A house divided against itself cannot stand. I believe this government cannot endure permanently half-slave, half-free. I do not expect the union to be dissolved. I do not expect the house to fall. But I do expect it will cease to be divided it will become all one thing or all the other. Either the opponents of slavery will arrest the further spread of it and place it where the public mind shall rest in the belief that it is in the course of ultimate extinction, or its advocates will push forward till it shall become lawful in all the states, old as well as new, north as well as south. This concern for the spreading of slavery helped Lincoln energize even so-called free states. Lincoln put an end to the tenuous status quo, which is exactly what Jesus did in his speech that we read today. This is not an easy passage. Thank you, lectionary people, for putting it the day of our barbecue. <laughs> it contains some of the world the worst churchy language. Those religious trigger words. Words that instantly turn many of us off to religion and church. Words like Satan, sin, demons, Beelzebub. Blasphemy and unclean. Let's acknowledge those words and set them aside for a moment so that we can unpack the most important part of this passage the parable of the strong man. The what, you say? No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then indeed the house can be plundered. Weird, weird. What is going on here? This is not like the Sunday school of Jesus we would expect. This is not a phrase we like throw around. Oh, that old strong man he needs to be tied up. But this is the heart of Mark's gospel. And one of the most important lines in the entire New Testament. Last week we read about uh, Jesus creating controversy by healing on the Sabbath, right? We Remember this? At the end of the passage, the Pharisees, the uber-religious folks, decided that they would partner with the authorities to, quote, destroy Jesus. All because he was doing some healing. Today, Mark mentions the scribes who came down from Jerusalem. Jesus has suddenly entered the big leagues. Like Lincoln, Jesus went from frontier nobody to center of the national stage. These capital city folks show up and try to discredit Jesus using one of the oldest tricks in the book, a slanderous technique. They associate him with an enemy. In the Cold War days of McCarthyism, this meant calling someone a communist. More recently, perhaps it would be like calling someone a terrorist or discrediting a story by calling it fake news. Biblical scholar Ched Myers wrote an immensely influential political commentary on Mark's Gospel called Binding the Strong Man. In it, Ched writes concerning this tactic by the Jerusalem scribes, saying, When the ruling class feels its hegemony threatened, it tries to neutralize challengers by identifying them with the mythic cultural arch demon. This neutralization often takes a form of dehumanization, such as saying that deported immigrants are. Not people, but animals. Per usual, Jesus responds with his favorite foil. Parables. We know the house divided one. Thank you, Abraham Lincoln. But to clarify the context of that, Jesus is criticizing the logic of his Accusers. Jesus couldn't build Satan's house and tear it down at the same time. Fair enough. We get that idea, right? But this second parable, the strongman one, is less familiar to us. By the grace of God, it is one of the few things in the Bible that popular culture has not appropriated for some other purpose. Binding the strongman, this weird parable. Chad Myers calls this, Jesus' declaration of ideological war with the scribal Establishment Are you all familiar with Aikido Like the martial art Right Aikido is a Japanese martial art Performed by flowing with the motion Of an attacker Rather than opposing it straight on So if someone is charging at me Instead of like punching at them Or blocking them I take their energy And transfer it And move in that way The practitioner directs the attacker's momentum in turning motions, followed by various throws or joint locks. When the Jerusalem scribes come and accuse Jesus of being a crazy criminal, Jesus pulls some Aikido. You call me a criminal. Let me tell you what kind of criminal I am, he says. All you uh, children of the 80s, stay tuned for a, a post church jam of Smooth Criminal coming. (laughs) It's worth noting that Jesus has no problem associating with criminals. Elsewhere, he refers to himself and to God's kingdom as being like a thief in the night. He hangs out with prostitutes. He hangs out with tax collectors. Most of us hear tax collectors and think accountant. You want to think more like Tony Soprano. These are mobsters who are enforcing a sketchy rule and a sketchy economy. Jesus puts on the criminal mask that the scribes offer and gives them this parable as advice for criminals like him. He says, "No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his property without first tying up the strong man. Then, indeed, the house can be plundered." What does this mean? Who is the strong man? No. It is not our beloved Roberto Strongman. I don't know where he went. There he is, in the back. The accomplished professor, yoga teacher, and board member. The Strongman is the oppressor, it's the man. The Strongman is Jesus' metaphor for the religious establishment, for the people who have come to strong arm Jesus into submission. But it also serves as a metaphor for that granddaddy of trigger words. Satan, the personification of what traditional churchy folks call sin. That same force at work in the snake in the Garden of Eden, but for our purposes, for us here in this room, I think it might be more helpful to think of the strong man as the shame of Adam and Eve when they hide from God in the Garden, as we read about today strong man is whatever holds us back in hippie talk it's our hang-ups our baggage all that stuff you would love to unpack or just let go of your fear your anxiety your pain your self-judgment your doubt all that stuff that holds us back it binds us grips us keeps us from being who we are made to be it keeps us from the fullness of love eternal. That stuff, that baggage, that fear, that judgment is strong. It's no coincidence that when Stephen Douglas learned of Lincoln's nomination, Douglas stated, Lincoln is the strong man of the party. He was essentially calling Lincoln the Devil. <laughs> In Ched Myers' terms, he was trying to neutralize his opponent. Jesus is tired of bullies like Douglas. He's tired of the scribes, the Pharisees, the corrupt religious authorities making everyone feel bad about themselves and crippling them financially. Jesus has come to clean out the corruption and the, of the religious and political systems that oppress people in ancient Palestine. He's going to bind the strong man to tie up everything that keeps us from the liberating power of God's love. And here, in this analogy, Jesus is proposing to tie up this strong man and plunder his house. <laughs> I love this. There's something really fun about the word plunder. <laughs> it makes the work of a uh, Christian community sound like piracy. Uh, it sounds like like Robin Hood, right? Jesus wants to steal from those who steal from others. He wants to disrupt the status quo. And he does this everywhere with stuff like, blessed are the poor, blessed are the sick. The last shall be first, and the first shall be last. Notice, Jesus doesn't just want to lead people who are free. Jesus wants to plunder those who are held captive. To clarify this, Jesus gives us an old-fashioned amen. He says, amen or as we translate here, truly, that's the word, amen, means truly. Truly, I tell you, people will be forgiven their sins. Seen. Cut. That's everything he wants to say. Jesus wants everyone to be free, not just the folks around him. Jesus is going the extra mile, tying up the strongman and plundering his goods so that everyone can live into a deeper reality, the reality that we are all connected, the reality that there are over 2 million undocumented sisters and brothers here in California that are a crucial part of our culture and economy, the reality that there are 8.7 million species of organisms Living interdependent lives on a planet whose climate is changing. The reality that we are all sisters and brothers. Jesus says it Here are my sisters and brothers. Sometimes, a lot of times, we behave like a house divided. We are cruel to the very people we should love. But Jesus is tying up everything that divides us. Everything that hides us from the fullness of love. He does this in order to remind us that we Are the treasure that we can treat everyone around us as treasure? Imagine walking down the street and seeing every single person you meet as someone that you love. Imagine if all the folks who are graduating and wrapping up their time here could look fearlessly into a future of unbound freedom. An opportunity. Imagine living into the reality that your liberation is bound up with mine. That is our work together to dispel the house divided, to do what conflict worker John Paul Lederach suggests to nourish and foster the creative imagination that permits people to bring into the world something that does not now exist. Through and toward and in that creative act, we find God and know neighbor. Amen.